Welcome to the Green Element Podcast, where business and sustainability come together. So, Leah, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Um, it's I'm looking forward to us chatting about your business and um, what you've been up to and how you are sustainable and ethical. Um, yeah, so tell us a bit about your business and what purpose and who you work with. Cool. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. It's a great platform. Um, so The Hardyhood is a brand of plant-based indulgences. Um, and we exist to make living a high vibe lifestyle delicious, exciting and easy. Um, and for us, high vibe living really incorporates the key drivers that are driving sort of the sharp increase in veganism in the UK. So taking care of health, environment and lifestyle. Um, and we work with a portfolio of premium London retailers, including Selfridges, Planet Organic, Whole Foods and Dalesford. Um, and we also do direct to consumer. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's, um, yeah, you're doing loads and loads and loads. That's cool. Um, so what's your business superpower? <laughs> our business superpower. So um, I believe that our business superpower is that we're digitally native. Um, and by this, I mean that we grew our business online, um, on Instagram mainly. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we, when we founded um, in 2014, Instagram was really booming and we really began our journey there. So we um, showed our first steps of our project from day one through to now is, is available for people to see on Instagram. Um, and I think this really means that we have uh, direct contact with our consumer and our target audience. And, it, and it's not a one-way conversation, so we're not talking at them. Um, mm. For example, for our most recent product, we crowdsource information on which flavours to develop um, and based our new product, Good Foods, on, on people's favourite flavours. And it, it means that we're giving our audience, the audience that we've sort of grown, um, who've been on our journey, it means that we're then giving them exactly what they want. Um, and it's been said that the biggest competitor to snacking today is technology. So instead of fighting this, we sort of meet <laughs> where they're at. <laughs> it just means that people are, instead of at times when they might have been emotionally indulging or indulging because they're bored or snacking because they're bored, they're actually now just scrolling. Mm. And it, it is a real, um, it's real competition for the snacking industry. Um, so we continue to produce engaging content and in turn our followers champion our products um, and peer-to-peer -peer recommendations are really big for us and really important and um, it's sort of been said that among millennials it's the most effective form of advertising. Um, Surely that must be amongst amongst everyone as well I mean I, I know I've now bought your book on the back of the conversations we've had and um, I must admit, I, we only received it on Monday, so I haven't started making any recipes. But I'm really, really looking forward to making them. And it was purely down to talking to you. And you, I think you do buy things through um, listening to people and talking to people. And the fact that you're using you. these communicate, communicative channels. Communicative? Yeah. Can you say communicative? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, channels is absolutely brilliant. And it's such a way that people can, you know, can talk to each other. Yeah, and I think digital ads, I think they said it's like 4.5% effectiveness and um, celebrity endorsements are somewhere around the same mark. So it just goes to show that it has to be authentic and it almost, this sort of brand loyalty that a lot of these younger brands have built up on social media platforms, it actually can't be bought. So it's a real, 
uh, an asset that, that shouldn't be ignored. Um, mm. And so that's why I think it's our superpower. But I also think that um, brands with young founders or young businesses shouldn't forget that knowing how to really use social media is an edge that they have on older, more established brands. <laughs> um, it can really work to their advantage. Yeah. yeah. I see, I see it even now with um, brands that are coming through. So you've got the um, more established team of a, a brand that's maybe it's not their first time creating a business and they've got the team, they've got the strategy, they've got the sales power. They're really killing it on, on the distribution front and their products out there. However, you look at their marketing or communication side, particularly Instagram, and it's where they absolutely fall flat. Mm. And I think... At some point, I do believe that these two things will really have to tie in mm. if you want your business to work. We're about to go into you know, the Amazon age. And I think if you don't have your online presence really nailed down and sorted and it's shoppable and um, you're really talking directly to the consumer in that way, I think there's a chance that these brands that aren't making that effort or it's not genuine or heartfelt or authentic will fall flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely where, where I think business so I guess, are. So I guess you've led us nicely on to um, our next question of, can you tell us about how you engage your staff, suppliers, customers with your mission and purpose? Well, so our mission is to build a sweet treat dynasty using only natural and plant-based ingredients. Um, and our purpose is very consumer focused. So we want to make it easy, delicious, and exciting. Um, and these sort of keywords really inform our decisions um, around distribution, product development, and the way we communicate. Um, however, instead of sort of presenting these at the beginning of every conversation, we try to make sure that it's woven into everything that we do um, and how we behave a brand is really aligned to this. Um, so, for example, we want our consumer to be able to find us easily in a myriad of stockists um, with fast, direct consumer options uh, that, that they can shop on their mobile on the way home. Um, so it's, it's, it's very easy. So it means that mm. it's easy is, is very key for us. And that also um, incorporates hitting a certain price point for us. We really want to make it easy for everyone. And it doesn't, we don't want this way of living to be something that's just accessible to uh, you know the higher income brackets the people who really have got the time to go and browse Whole Foods or Planet Organic and the means to do so it's mm. for us that's a real key part of our purpose is driving that down and making sure that it's getting to the people who want it and need it um, so I'm, I'm very passionate about creating entry-level price points um, uh, and then when it comes to product development, we're really sure to brief everyone on our pillars of innovation, um, where mm. flavor comes absolutely above everything else. Um, and we strive to make everything very exciting um, and inspirational and aesthetically led. So that again comes back around to, I think, the online presence that a brand can have. Um, and we want to make sure that everything's very playful and we're very open. So it's very like I said, a two-way conversation and we have a very open window into everything that we're doing. Um, so that, yeah, I think in terms of making sure you communicate these things to everyone, it's almost like your actions sometimes can speak louder than words. 
and you don't always have time to give people the elevator pitch or the presentation mm. or the deck that this is why I'm doing this. And this, and this. Mm. You just need to find a way to demonstrate it in everything that you're actually doing. I think that's I think that's key, isn't it? I know that um, we're currently sponsored by RBS, and one of the things that we are learning is this one-minute pitch. And interestingly, I think I haven't actually ever done a one-minute pitch to yeah. new clients, but what I have learned is structure and an understanding of how to speak to different people. So I've kind of, I've, although I'm not particularly doing the pitch, I'm actually communicating what you've just said, communicating a message, but, and using, you know, that brand value or the mission and, and mixing and matching it, but same thing, different people. Yes, exactly. I think if you imagine like the mission and purpose are the sort of skeleton or the bones of, of what you're doing and everything else is the kind of the veg and gravy. Um, it's almost like you need to make sure that you can, you don't need to explicitly say the bones, but you can deliver the meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant coming from a vegan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, when it comes to running an ethical and sustainable business, what's been your biggest struggle so far? Can you let us know how you've overcome it? Yeah, I think for us, the biggest struggle um, as someone who, or a team of people that really uh, engage in a lot of the issues that are around, um, it's for us, the biggest struggle has been knowing which battles to fight. So firstly, we're vegan. Um, which for us is the biggest commitment we have to being ethical. Uh, and that was from day one has always been, it's, you know, it's absolutely tied into our mission and our purpose and everything around it. it, it, it that is number one. Um, but there's obviously other ethical um, conversations and battles and things that need to be addressed. So um, we also use recycled car cardboard for our packaging and we source our ingredients as sustainably as possible. Um, but our biggest challenge, I would say, is we find addressing our plastic consumption to be challenging. Mm, um, I can imagine. Yeah, our desserts are packaged, they're potted. Um, and there are really a very few manufacturers who will handle glass. So that was sort of problem number one. Um, number two, glass really increases dist distribution costs um, heavier. Yeah. So really affects our um sort of it really challenges our purpose which is to make really entry level vegan products um and uh so we overcome this by firstly i think addressing the packaging of new products before moving forward so it's very unlikely that we'll develop products with plastic packaging again uh and that's the real commitment to our NPD pipeline and just knowing that okay we don't really want to do that again we had no choice in this with this product we really sort of explored the other options and there wasn't really an alternative however with other products we'll make sure that, that we won't we won't do that again I don't think I think we'll if we don't have the packaging solution we probably won't move forwards um, and I think in terms of addressing it, so we do receive, and I think probably a lot of brands will receive sort of similar um, 
feedback, especially when you're very visible on Instagram, it's very easy for someone to just drop you a message. Um, we get sometimes receive messages about plastic, plastic pots or the plastic packaging. Um, mm. And we address this by like, we're very empathetic and always really, really, really welcome the feedback because it's important to accept feedback, good and bad on mm. from people. You can't just say, you know, we love the brave, that everything else is going to be ignored. Um, mm. Uh, and um, the way we address it is by really highlighting the issues that we are tackling um, and, and explaining to people that we're a very small business and like a lot of businesses in this space, we're trying to bring products to the market that will help consumers live well. Um, and with the sort of focus on great ingredients, no hidden ingredients, no chemicals, nothing that's a filler. Um, I think really, and that's really important to us. And I think by placing the emphasis back on what brands are doing to help um it, it always seems to really it drives at home a little bit and i think people we haven't had a, a situation where we've received that feedback and, and then we've explained what we are doing and then they're still mm. upset it's usually like oh right you know that makes sense i understand mm. so it's almost like not being afraid to explain to people um the challenges that you are facing or like sh or not shying away from it because i think for us i think you might have sense like plastic's a real sort of stickler mm. for us. We'd really rather not be doing it. I was, I was wondering if you had um, done a life cycle kind of carbon footprint of your product. So including plastic into that. Um, so comparing different types of, because you may, depending on the type of plastic you use, you may find that actually your carbon footprint is less by yeah. um, using um, a more recyclable plastic because i know because some plastics are more recyclable than others and therefore yeah. feeding it into the chain is actually not necessarily a bad thing if, and particularly if you're using recyclable plastic to start off with because you're just pulling it around in a circle so it may not necessarily be a you know a bad thing but i think if you and it would be a way to demonstrate to your your client clients um people who buy your products um that actually you've thought about it and it's it's demonstrating that actually plastic could be better than glass because from I, I totally resonated with what you were saying about glass being heavy and glass is also incredibly you know recycling it is a heavy energy energy process as well so I don't I don't know it may and I it may, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there, just fine, just yeah. thinking that it's... It's a really interesting thought and it's probably actually not something that I'd thought about and I think it would be really helpful in explaining. I mean, I think what people want to know is that you're not blindly making decisions. I think yes. they just want to be assured that you are thinking about the same issues that are important to them, that like your consumer really wants to know that they are aligned with the brand that they're they're investing in or championing so i think yeah if you can be a bit louder and prouder about the decisions you make it almost gives them confidence that yes you're thinking about it so i think that's a really yeah. good way of looking at it yeah i absolutely agree with that absolutely agree with that um, if you could offer one piece of advice um to our listeners which could help them with their purpose what would that be Ooh, um <laughs> um, I would say it's probably to allow your purpose to emerge 
and I know this is sort of a controversial opinion and many sort of the business and I think I actually I think I disagree with this um, and I've seen many great businesses define their purpose and refine it further years of their plan and I think the reason for this is because sometimes you need to let your business grow and evolve naturally and sometimes founders also grow with their business and it causes them to sort of reassess what changes they want to bring into the world and I think sort of in the chaos of the early days of a startup it can sometimes take over and you know your, your focus really becomes on the doing the getting the product out there the packaging the, the sales the marketing and you might not have that much time to think okay like to take a step back and say okay so so why am i doing this and i think that can sometimes come a little bit further down the line once you've had a few emotional reactions to things that have happened in your business or um or consumer engagement that you've had or whatever it is and i think um okay so what you, you can sort of think to yourself i can say what have what are, what are the elements of the conversations that we're having that really light us up here and what key words really you know drive really inform the change that this business can make and hmm. what what i'd say what's really exciting me and getting out of bed in the morning about and and let this become the purpose so yeah. I think for us um our purpose was very broad when we started you know we had all these big ambitions and we wanted to Oh, we wanted to do everything and I think it actually only came a little bit further down the line that we really nailed it down so that we wanted it to be easy accessible exciting and delicious mm. and those those that for me particularly the accessible easy side of things is really what gets me out of bed in the morning so really knowing that we have a business that can reach a lot of people and give them really positive change in their life and I think a lot of people would like to make better choices and it feels you know it feels good to make choices that um that are high vibe choices you know that affect the environment positively that affect your health positively that affect your mental health positively but however life often takes over so you you know you're in a rush to get somewhere so you grab a dodgy chocolate bar or you're you know you or rushing to pick up your kids from somewhere and you just have to grab what's on the go and I think if that was made if those things were made easier people would feel a lot more empowered to make decisions mm. that actually really they were really proud of yeah um, and that's part of our purpose that really yeah. gets me out in the morning and, and that's not something that I think we I didn't know that when we founded the business mm. I didn't know that was going to be the thing that really was the thing that drove me um you know you might I thought that it was having a brand that looked really nice or whatever it, it changes um and i've actually seen this with quite a lot of businesses um so i think that's kind of key um so yeah let your purpose sort of evolve evolve and come to you and and don't have you know rather than it being written on the front mm. page of the business plan on day minus 60 mm. <laughs> um, let it Come, come, come with yeah. this business. Well, I would say that um, going on from what you've just said is you are who you are. So your mission yeah. will never change. You yeah. will, you will almost like a kind of triangle, you know, it will be really broad and you'll narrow it down as you grow. But yeah. it, it's never going to be over there and it's never going to be over there. It's always going to be 
who you are or who your business partners and you are you know it's that is that's just the way it is you're not you're not going to suddenly have another personality in two or three years time well you may do hopefully not (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I was 25 when we founded the hardy kid and that was four years ago and i think Hmm. um like i said i am still the same person Hmm. but it's just knowing those key points that really light you up and that will be the change that you could bring into the world i think those are the things you you can do because it's only yeah. you that inspires. Yeah. So I think that's really key. I know what changed for us was employing people and growing with with more staff and yeah. um, and colleagues. Um, could you tell us a bit about how you approach environmental management and um, your carbon footprints at the heart of good? So interestingly, I I actually I have to be really honest and say that this isn't something that I'd, I'd previously addressed. So. You kind of have. I would say you have, only because you've talked about the fact that you've thought about the glass, you've talked about um, how you think about your cardboard packaging, you have, so yes, I I, I just, it's not that I want to disagree with um, you as the interviewee, but I think you have thought about it environmentally. I think it's unfair to say that you haven't, you may not have gone into details. Yeah, so maybe we've thought about it in the sense that we would think about, I suppose, my business partner and I, we are very much engaged in that conversation. And, um, you know, we, we, we recycle, we don't buy plastic when we don't have to. And so all of that does feed into the hardihood and we do make the decisions based on that. Um, but I haven't ever, like, quantified it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. And I think that's I very think normal. Just, yeah, I suppose it's just making sure that the... Um, the decisions you make for your business are really aligned with the business the, the mm-hmm. decisions you would make personally. So I think as, I think with environmental issues and they were so lucky that we're at a time when there's you know such awareness. You know you just have to live on Netflix or listen to podcasts and the information is so available to us. And I think it's one of the things that we have potentially to thank for what's going on in America right now is that a lot of people are really very vocal and these conversations are on the tip of everyone's tongue and it's it's all there for you to know. And I think as a business, you almost can't ignore what you're bringing into, I mean, I'm sure there are many unethical businesses who do ignore mm. what they're bringing into the world. But I think as a new business, as a, a business in this space, I think you can't, you can't not be engaged with what you're putting into the world. And if you're, producing on a, a mass level then you need to be looking at what you're bringing into the world on a mass level and I think um yeah we just make decisions that that are informed by all of the things that we know are happening mm. in the world yeah yeah perfect perfect and so is there any advice or learning that you'd like to share with um people listening about about this yeah, podcast exactly. absolutely we're on a massive journey and the Hardy who was my first business and my business partner's first business as well. And we're lucky that we've we've had it uh we're lucky that we've been able to be on the journey with this business. We've had a lot of I would say yeah, pure luck on our side and timing and it's meant that we've been able to make mistakes and learn from them without it being nothing so drastic has happened that we can't continue with the business. Um we've had a lot of, a lot of things that I'll do we would do differently. So um I would say the biggest advice would be to 
don't be afraid to embrace the most ambitious version of your mission. Um, for us, I think in the beginning, we really, we knew we were thinking small um, and we just couldn't quite get our head, heads around thinking much bigger. And it, that's something that we had to really teach ourselves to do. And, and I think if you're struggling to think big, then look at other successful businesses who inspire you and listen to everything their founders put out there. So with modern savvy brands in particular, uh, there will be so much communication around the why and the how and what they're building. Um, and you won't struggle to find this information or inspiration. So like podcasts are really great for this and I listen to them constantly. So, so I love listening to interviews with the founders of Impossible Burger, um, Airbnb, Glossier. Um, recently I listened to the founders of Ugly Drinks. Um, and Have you got any podcasts? Have you got any podcasts in particular that you listen to? Ooh, um, do you know what I actually don't have like a set of podcasts but what I tend to do is if there's a brand that I like I'll just put it into the search oh uh, okay interesting oh that's that's really I've never thought about doing it doing that that's um find out the founder's name or find out the brand's name and put it into the podcast search and you will get an absolute wealth and then I tend to binge <laughs> oh brilliant love yeah. that advice love that advice <laughs> it's really good and especially with sort of um I don't know, Americans are really on, on the podcast sort of world. Um, and also, once you've found one, it'll tend to be from like a business mm. podcast. And you can then browse through and have a listen to. Um, there's a really good one. I wish I could remember the name. It's a female, it's a woman's business podcast. She's in London. And she has a book called The Little Black Book. And then her podcast is amazing. And she does great interviews with founders. founders. So she did like Lana from um, Bloom, which is Flowered Delivery. Um, website it's really good um so yeah. i will look up i will look her up and start listening <laughs> yeah no I was, I was thinking exactly the same i was going to put a link to um link to it in the notes yeah it's, it's just basically listening to people who are innovating really hard in their categories um and just listen to the challenges that they face um, how they've done it and I think even just for your subconscious to know that it's possible for someone who's you know a team of one to build something incredible it almost lets it informs your subconscious okay wait it's doable and these are the steps and the actionable steps that I need to do to get there um, and, and just let other people's achievements in, sort of fuel your ambition and just, and also knowing that this is a really incredible time to make change in the world because technology and consumer behavior is moving so fast that brands are having to innovate to keep up and it creates space for newer, fresher thinking brands. Yeah. And that can be, you know, the inexperienced entrepreneur's absolute entry point mm. to the market is that they haven't done Brilliant. it before. They are okay. thinking outside the box and so just let that be your platform. Yeah. Brilliant. And so what's the best way we can connect with you and learn more? Ooh, um, definitely check out our Instagram. It's definitely where we're the most active. Um, and we're really engaged on there. Our recipe book, Raw Cake, is available um, in shops and on Amazon. It's also available in the US. Um, it's a real crowd pleaser. It's got 100 recipes uh, and it looks great on the coffee table, even if you don't want to it. It does. Them. And I, c I concur with that. It does look amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, and our good puds um, which are our raw vegan potted desserts there's caramel biscuit sundae chocolate fudge pie and raspberry blueberry pudding and they're available in whole foods planet organic dalesford and selfridges 
Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. And I hope our listeners have learned, well, they'll have learned a huge amount. And I would imagine they will be listening to this show two or three times, not just once, to understand what it is that they could do. So thank you so much for everything. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We created this podcast for you. So we'd really appreciate any feedback you want to give us. You can do that by rating and reviewing on your favourite podcast or for iTunes, visit www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash Apple. If you'd like to keep in touch, then we invite you to join our free Facebook community, which is everything to do with sustainable and ethical business. Lots of daily conversations, themes and great ideas. A really great place to work and network with like-minded individuals. If you open Facebook and search for the green element, hit the group search function, we will let you right in. All of the show notes, any links, any references to the, on this podcast will be featured on our website, greenelement.co.uk. As a special thank you for listening, please head over to www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018 and you can pick up a free guide on how to green up and environmentalize your business or organization that's greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018 finally i would like to thank ben chatwin for writing the fantastic opening music he is an amazing artist with a phenomenal following it was a privilege he said yes to even write it for us We look forward to seeing you next week and hope you have a wonderful day.